And we are live on another edition of All In on High School Sports. Kurt Valenti, Jennifer Valenti. Uh, hope everyone's doing well tonight. How are you? I'm well, and you? I'm good. Uh, Mr. Kirkpatrick, good evening, all, and welcome to the K&K, I mean All In on High School Sports show this evening. What's up, Mr. Kirkpatrick? He'll probably have one of his real or fraud later on for us. But uh, tonight we're going to have a nice... Um, nice easy show we're going to have our great friend coach breslin joining us and we're going to go over with a bunch of uh we're going to do like a round table with a bunch of high school topics um anything else what else do we got going on no that's it i'm trying to uh i had some technical difficulties on my computer just now so please give me a moment while i uh I get my tabs back open you know we're, we're in the uh, midst of a nice little winter sports season you know little NFL playoffs, we got some NBA, college hoops, and of course high school. And, um, you know, we got the wrestling, girls and boys basketball and other sports going on. And, um, you know, we, we, we want to go down a little bit tonight, do a little round table, and we want to just get some topics, our opinions, Jen's, mine, Coach Breslin's, the audience. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what everybody feels about some of the thoughts. Um, coach in or not yet? I'm still fixing my problem, so just give me a moment. Okay. The, um, There's Dr. John checking in. What's up, Dr. John? How are you? Love to hear Dr. John answer some of the topics tonight, if he say, wants to get his opinion sure on that. Our uh, audience participates in our uh, our discussion tonight. We've got some good topics to to discuss. So let me get Coach Breslin in. Ah, missed right Coach Cicilliano saying, I'm never invited on this show. And he's oh, laughing. How could he say that? That is not true, sis. And we're just warming you up because I know tomorrow night you are going to be busy. You're going to be busy blasting Beelin tomorrow night. So let's just say that. A so little, rest up. A little alliteration. Best up. Yeah, best up. Rest up for that tomorrow night. I just spoke with Mr. Beelin, but um, it could get ugly. It can get ugly tomorrow. Um, Coach Sis, I think we need to do a comparison of the times you've been invited and then experience technical difficulties coming on. So I that's think all the times. Do, uh, I think we need to do a little, uh, a little look into that. So I'm going to let Coach Breslin in. Okay. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Very good. How are you? Good. Uh, Happy New Year officially to you. We haven't seen you. Yes. <laughs> Happy New Year to you too. I'm going to put on some light. My lighting is not the best. So there we go. There you go. Happy New Year, Coach. Happy New Year to you guys as well. How was uh, your holidays? Were good? It was. They were good. They were good. Very good. Yes, and you? Awesome. Yeah, everything was good. Nice and quiet, you know, with uh, COVID and everything going on. Uh, it was quiet, but it was all good. I had my daughter's home, so oh, it was nice. all good. Uh, nice. Caleb Davis, our great friend, saying he never gets invited either on the show. <laughs> we could bring him. We could bring him on. Absolutely, absolutely. Bring oh, him on. causing controversy. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's a little jealous. Sis is saying he never got invited on, but Jen got him because she said every time we invite him on to All In, he says we're giving him the wrong code. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny's saying Sis is K and K's version of Joe Beningo. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. There you go. By the way, Joe Beningo was on the radio the other day. I don't know if you heard it, Coach. He was. Uh, oh, like, was he really? Yeah, they brought him back for like a one-day. Uh, Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber are now. They brought him in for one day. It was kind of funny. Oh, uh, that's funny. So. So, Coach, we have a couple of different topics tonight. 
Um, and awesome. Yeah, I was waiting for that list, Jen. I, I, you know. I know. I, I didn't realize Kurt didn't send you the list. My apologies. Because <laughs> I, I sent you the Zoom, and had I known, I, I would have just put those those topics in there. But I have a feeling you're going to be very well-versed in these topics. Nothing yeah. to catch you off guard. No. Nothing to catch you All off good. guard. All good. All <laughs> good. Um, so actually, our first topic this evening, I actually... I'll use the word borrowed. I was going to say stole from, actually, I guess we're hoping to have on uh, Coach David Cordoba of Cordoba Trained Wrestling School. And he had a social media post yesterday um, where he was saying that he felt, in his opinion, it was very unfair that the, so there's a girls wrestling tournament, state tournament now in wrestling. Um, I think since 2019 was the first year they had the official like girls side of of the tournament where they could compete just against the other girls. And he was saying he felt it was unfair that they had to compete at a high school gym where the boys were, of course, have the big weekend in Atlantic City. And he felt that the girls should have that opportunity as well. And we won't get, I'm not going to get into any of the specifics of why it is what it is, because I just, I don't want to taint anybody's opinion. But I just wanted to be that our first topic of discussion about um, the girls having a different venue for their state tournament than the boys. Uh, before Coach, you answer, uh, Kenny saying, Coach Breslin, Happy New Year. Coach Cislano saying, Happy New Year, Coach. Happy New Year, fellas. Uh, hey, who's going first on that? Um, coach, you're, uh, if you would you like? I'll to go, go first. first? Sure. Right. Well, let me uh, let me let's start with this first. Wasn't there? And I want I, I don't remember if it was basketball or not, uh, where there was a discrepancy between the females and the males in regards to wasn't the NCAA's or something like that in the venue that they had, and there was a lot of controversy related to that. Maybe it was something with the weight room and the facilities. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I'm trying to remember. That does sound like in, in like very recently, right, that that yes. happened? Yeah. Yes. Well, listen, I can say not just girls or boys, but this could be a whole different topic for a discussion. But, you know, where I went to college, our men's football team, which is a high-powered Division One football team, their weight room – now we're going back to 1993 when I started, you know, playing in college – was we worked out all of the sports worked out in this little like box right our weight training sure. and then i remember kind of stumbling upon the um football facilities and being like oh wow that's another level and the basketball locker rooms yeah we're like a nun we had these little holes and the, you know but you know but not just girls boys that was like no money making sports versus non money making sports but sure. interesting yeah, that that was a recent topic you're right it was yeah. and i'd have to uh, i'll have to google it to you know to remember but i i could remember that very vividly where they were discussing that and there was uh, you know within i think a week there were oh you know i think it was the olympics uh and uh i i think what happened within a week their weight room changed everything changed they got brand new you know brand new stuff so uh, again you know, is there a possibility, and I don't know the timing of it related to when they both wrestle, you know, boys and, and girls, but why can't it be a venue where they're all there at once? If it's in a huge location, a lot of times in Atlantic City, right, in a mm-hmm. big location, why can't it be that they're all together competing anyway? There's plenty of room. Right, right. Now, now uh, Dr. John is saying that, Again, Dr. John A.D. Irvington, there's more to the story than that for the girls. Uh, the girls' tournament to was in Atlantic to, yeah. City in 2019. 19, yep. 
Now, so reading this, right, I kind of was then reading on it, and it seemed as if, right, and Dr. John, maybe you can uh, enlighten us as well, that it really is kind of a scheduling thing, I guess, like booking that venue for, you know, the amount of, of matches that they have over that weekend. Um, but I guess the argument they were making was that they felt they could have done something better for the girls or worked it in somehow and that they've expanded the boys tournament to go over three days as opposed to two. And, you know, that they just really didn't leave any room for the girls. Um, you know, so again, not making it I didn't want to give too much information and just like not again taint anybody's opinion and I don't know all of the specifics but um the argument that was kind of going back and forth was could they have made a better effort to give the girls you know that same feeling of of wrestling for a state title in that type of atmosphere Dr. John saying the girls could have been worked into AC for sure Mm -hmm. Kenny saying you have to watch in my opinion with COVID these days adding more athletes more coaches families and students so that Maybe adding was the reasoning. Um, go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, but again, with, you know, yeah, if it's a scheduling issue related to COVID, you know, how many people are they putting in the venue in the first place? So, all right, maybe it's a situation where you pick a, maybe a, a, like a college somewhere within the area, in the middle somewhere, and do it that way, you know, and find a bigger spot, a bigger venue for them to be able to compete if it's not in Atlantic City. Yeah, and you know what? My opinion is, I'll be honest with you, I think they should be in Atlantic City, like you said, Coach, because you know what? Um, you get We got a lot of friends and coaches that I know. Like It's a big weekend, you know? Like, hey, everybody go. What's their goal? To get to Atlantic City, you know? All like the old-time wrestlers and ex-wrestlers, they want to go and they want to watch. And you know what? Those girls, they deserve that same thing, the same people, because like you said, if it's the same weekend, how many people, they're going to go watch the boys, right? Like, right. so... I think they they should get that spotlight, fit them in, and put them in there. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be a, a, a great thing to be able to, if possible, combine them. Uh, yeah. You, you know, yeah. because yeah. now you also have just say, for example, you have two wrestlers from the same school, one male and one female. Now you have more people there too yeah. to support those exactly. kids yeah. in in that regard. So why not? Yeah. yeah. And it's just you're part of that weekend, you know. It's like yeah. hey, I'm going to stick to, but I'm getting now. I get to go to AC, you know. Like that's what those wrestlers, again, that's their goal, like individual goal. And I just think it would be, you know, unbelievable for that girl to have that same exact thing, uh, you know, just like the boys. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, again, reading through um, the reasoning on this thread and hearing, you know. As much as I'm, you know, it's everybody's opinion that I'm reading through, it's just always kind of interesting also to see other people's um, opinions. So you kind of like things maybe you didn't think of, you know, and, um, you know, you do wish they had the opportunity to wrestle for a state title on that big stage. You know, it it definitely will be a a different feeling for them, something they'll never forget. You know, no matter what the venue is, it won't take away from their accomplishment. But, um, you know, you do kind of wish that they would just be able be afforded the opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, again, we often don't know what goes on behind the scenes and the logistics behind planning something like that. Um, you know, but hopefully it's something that can be worked out in the future to give the girls that same, same atmosphere. Listen, I I agree with you. And if, if we know that the venue is at the same time every single year, okay, you lock that in. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's an issue, again, there's many, many matches, right? So you have to look at it and see, can you physically get all of the matches done within a weekend? 
if you can't, understandably, all right, maybe it's the weekend before, maybe it's the weekend yeah. after, but you know. But it's on that it's, stage. It's on that stage, yeah. sure. You know, yeah. it would be great if you can do both, but if you don't have enough time, you know, from a Friday to a Sunday to get all of the matches in, you know, make sure that it's back to back so it allows them that stage and that opportunity. Or even if um, it sounded like they, um, you know, from decades ago, the field has been expanded of who makes it there, right? Um, yes. That they take more, you know, lower placed wrestlers than they used to in the past. So the shame of it there is that those like lower places are wrestling, you know, on that big stage in that atmosphere before they reach, you know, the state finals. And it's just, uh, so I'm not saying we shorten it, but maybe those earlier, something can be done with those earlier rounds, um, you know, where the, that, but that the finals really get to be in that spotlight somehow. Again, I'm hoping it's something, I don't, I don't think it was in, intentionally done as like a, a gender thing at all. I think it was just a, a logistic, you know, and I, I think that people are hearing about it and hope that it, that it can be changed. So just, uh, Good topic for us to start with. Okay. All right. Sure. No, I agree. I was I was gonna put a timer on coach, but we're kind of having a, a an open conversation. I thought it would be funny if our timer went off when we each spoke. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next topic is maybe something we've touched upon on the show before, um, but maybe not something we like devoted us. It's come up more casually in conversation, um, but I think it's a hot topic, and I think every year um, as we kind of get you know club teams are on the rise and, you know, out of season tournaments, you know, the, the next topic is playing one sport in high school versus playing multiple sports in high school. So that's our next, our next topic of discussion. Do we want to let coach start each time? Since yeah, he's our real guest? quick, Kenny saying, <laughs> I don't know, protecting people from COVID would be my top priority. I'd be happy that there is a tournament because COVID numbers in my county hospital are skyrocketing. So just pray that sports don't start getting canceled again. Well, and I, listen, uh, I understand the whole COVID part. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm thinking of it, you know, not taking COVID out of the consideration. Yeah, that's how I was answering it, too. I, I, under, yeah. I understand there's going to be issues related to COVID. I know, you know, even, you know, basketball games at this point in time, you know, they're limiting the amount of people at, at certain events. And I get that and I understand that, uh, you know, but from a scheduling standpoint, if, if you want to place... You, you, the goal is to place them both on the stage yes. in that location. Yes. Okay. Uh, so whether it's, you know, one weekend and then the following weekend, uh, you know, maybe because of COVID, maybe because of scheduling. Uh, but I was answering in relation to the fact that, you know, I'm not thinking COVID at this point. I'm thinking just from a logistical standpoint and the opportunity for both to be on that stage. Yes. Agreed. I think that's the, uh, how I, I was looking at that same way as well. Sure. Uh, and going back to your second question and second oh, I'm topic. sorry, real quick, Coach. One more from from Dr. John. COVID had nothing to do with having the girls have their own tournament. Remember, there wasn't a state wrestling tournament last year. The girls aren't wrestling in AC due to COVID. So there you go. So that's... All right, so it was official. We know it's yes. not that. Okay, I'm sorry, Coach. No, that's okay. Well, but, and that's good to know because you know what? Uh, and a lot of times, you know, and, and maybe, you know, that's a situation where you want to publicize that out there because you could potentially have people all upset. And there's a, you know, there's a specific reason for that. And, and you know, obviously it's a good reason, uh, you know, because unfortunately it's very, very difficult uh, at this point in time with, uh, you know, the COVID related issues, uh, you know, but 
making sure that that gets communicated out. And, and those are some of the major reasons why it couldn't be held, uh, you know, is important. Yes. All right, back to our multiple sports versus uh, specializing in one sport in high school. Sure. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, and from, you know, years ago, I was a phys ed teacher, a coach. So from a perspective of injury prevention, right, you know, uh, I've seen it in many situations, especially in females, where some of the girls only play one specific sport. And there's a lot of situations, number one, where they burn out, uh, number two, where they've been injured, okay, because you're using the same muscle groups over and over and over again, and the same for guys. Uh, but, you know, with my, you know, with having two daughters, my daughters played softball, and there was some, a, lot, a lot of the girls, you know, oh, I only play softball, and I play softball all year round. Uh, you know, we've had at Ramapo some of the players that we've had that are three-sport athletes, uh, you know, are, you know, tremendous at all three sports. Uh, and again, you're not just limiting the amount of muscle groups that you're using. You're using various muscle groups. You're using different things. And you're not doing the same thing and hitting those same muscles over and over and over again. And that's where you end up having a lot of injuries. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm all for, you know, making sure that players try to play multiple sports. The other piece to that, again, I know from a parent perspective, a lot of times you get some parents in there, you know, I want my kid to play, you know, baseball all year round, you know, because they're looking for a college scholarship. And I get that, but understand that they, they could potentially burn out after a certain amount of time. Uh, they could, you know, end up being injured because again, they're using that same muscle group over and over and over again. So I'm all for, and I even teach, you know, I teach coaching certification courses to a lot of the rec teams. And I talk about that in, in many situations where, you know, just playing one sport over and over and over again is going to increase the risk of injury compared to playing multiple. You're Very up, good. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Coach Breslin. You know, I'm definitely for playing multiple sports. Now, will I ever say there's a difference okay like say you there's arch manning right manning's nephew he's going to be the number one recruit you know so say you know maybe after his junior year he says okay senior year i'm not going to play basketball and baseball you know i'm going you know to the college like oh, of course maybe but i mean that's an exception but i'm with coach i think that you know, hey, you get more competitive by doing, and just like you, I love your idea, Coach, your your statement about the, okay, he's only going to play baseball. But you know what? You might get burned out like that. You're playing 10 months, 11 months of the year on baseball. I mean, at least football, it could be something different. Basketball, it's going to be something a little different, you know? But like I'm saying, you, you, I think you're more prone to getting burned out by just baseball every weekend and, you know, throughout the, throughout the whole year. And, uh, and you never know. I mean, you, you look at these stories, right, that it's like, oh, so-and-so is a, a football player. He didn't play till his junior year in football, right? He was a basketball player. Now, all of a sudden, he played football, gets a scholarship. He winds up in the NFL. Hey, we had coaching Miles Austin. You remember Miles Austin, coach? Oh, yes. Uh, coached against him. Yeah, coached against him, right? We coached him in junior football. He was a baseball player. Never never played football. He played, I'm sorry, he played like junior football maybe fifth and sixth grade. I don't even think he played seventh and eighth. And I don't want to say he came back out his junior year of high school, wound up in the NFL, you know? So you never know by, you know, oh, I'm never yeah. playing a football player. You never, never know. Because Lucas Steele is another kid from Garfield. He yes, wrestled, he was on that same team. Yeah, he was on that same team. Yes, he, he wrestled was. one year 
one year, finished fourth in the state in the heavyweight, highest placer, I think highest place from Garfield wrestler ever. Just, you never know. So No, and, and just to piggyback off of what you're saying, and in, in some sports like football, football and wrestling go hand in hand a lot of times for leverage purposes, okay? For, especially for linemen. Then when you talk about uh, receivers, right? Receivers playing football and running track and how yes. beneficial it is for football players who are receivers, potentially, you know, defensive back to run track. Uh, you know, that some is, of even the linemen, right? They shot put, so they're yep. still doing something. That, yep. That's the point I was going to make. I agree with everything you guys have said with the burnout, the injury prevention. Of course, there's going to be exception with, um, you know, a athlete who is, you know, has possibly, you know, professional potential. There might be an outlier, but... I was going to talk about the cross concepts between the sports as well, where like if you're a quarterback in football, maybe a point guard on the basketball team, you know, or I can speak about, you know, lacrosse and ice hockey, um, lacrosse and basketball and how it like hones your skills that you're using. The, the concept are so similar. The sports could be so different looking, but the concepts, you know, and also I, I, I had a coach who actually said to me once, and this always stuck with me, um, you know, it's actually when you, you know, we're practicing, we're practicing, we're practicing. I want you to step away because sometimes when you then come back, that's when what we've been working so hard on has actually like finally kind of sunk in, you know, and that always kind of stuck with me that, you know, you know, you need to take a break, you know, yes. you need to take a break from things like just like we talked about injury prevention, overuse of muscles, you know, developing your other muscles so that it's helpful for you when you get back, you know, but also for the, the concepts and your, and your mind, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always been a proponent of playing multiple sports. I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I played three sports all through high school. Um, I was recruited to play all three sports in college. I had my coaches who recruited me in one sport coming to watch me play another sport that always kind of impressed me as well like why are they kind of doing that but as I matured and became a coach myself I, I understood it a little bit better um, and some of the best athletes I coached specifically at West Essex were three sport athletes I coached an all-american field hockey and lacrosse player who was a thousand point scorer in basketball you know and that kid competed oh my god in every season and played you know, everything for everything, club this, club that, which actually leads me to my follow-up question. Well, real quick, let me read some comments. <laughs> and, I, and I have a comment too. Uh, go ahead, Kurt. You can uh, go I'm just going to read the comments. Coach Lano saying, I agree. Played three sports. Dr. John saying, Irvington has had 20 football guys receive D1 scholarships from 16 to 21. We have another seven with Division One scholarships on the classes of 20, 2000. 22 and 2023 the vast majority are two to three sport athletes injuries aside influencing a student to not play a sport doesn't meet their wants and interests you only get four years of high school sports let them have those experience i've never bought an athlete i've never bought an athlete needs to be singular focus i I'm, I think he probably said, I never thought. He needs to be mm -hmm. focused on one. Kenny Kirkpatrick saying, how about Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, played multiple pro sports. Kenny Kirkpatrick, pretty soon we will be seeing, we'll be, we will be saying, it's either Pop Warner football or Little League. You have to choose one or the other. I always say, uh, what, I'm not sure what that says. Out, like sit out winter sports. Oh, sit out winter sports just to catch a break. See, Dr. John, though, said is the statement where kind of our conversation is where it's going. I think we all agree play two sports. But there are coaches, okay? I guess the thing is, the comment is, should there be coaches 
telling kids only play football. Uh, only we, play, before, only wrestle. Before we go, that's I think. Before the thing. we go well, there, because that kind of had a follow up question. I know Coach Breslin had something he had wanted to add, Coach. Oh uh, well, the other thing is, especially you know, years ago, and Kurt knows this from coaching at some of the smaller schools, right? I coached at a group one level for a long period of time. When you have an athlete who is an extremely talented athlete uh, in your building, but they only play one sport in your building, that is a huge impact on other programs. Uh, And if you have people saying, hey, listen, you know, you should only be playing one sport uh, and and focus on this only, that plays a big role, you know, in, in in the school related to a small school and their sports has a big impact. Yeah. And you know what? Dr. John hit on something else um, about playing the multiple sports about, you know what? It is part of that high school experience, you know, and like representing your team, you know, um, you know, and being able to do it in multiple sports, you know, and having that that, you know, feeling of being on multiple teams and being able to do that. You know, when you get to college, if you want to focus on one, you know, I would say, you know, enjoy your time in high school, play the sports that you love. And like you alluded well, to. Well, you might you have might, to though in college because college might be telling you the only way you're getting a scholarship is you're only no, playing I, one. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you know, you're going to go and, and that's your time to kind of focus on one mo- most likely, right? It's, right. you know, especially if you're a division one athlete, you know, um, again, are there people that do it? There are, of course, but um, you know, that high school, it's part of that high school experience. I feel like you wouldn't want to rob those kids of you know you know i i mean and and coach you can answer this a little differently i mean you could answer it probably more than me but like just take football i i again i still think there there sometimes are a little exceptions and what i mean by that you know i'm going to read dr john's comment in a second but say you have an offensive lineman right an offensive lineman who played basketball career you know like junior basketball and buddy basketball, all that, junior high. He gets to high school, but he's like a bigger kid. He's a, he's an offensive lineman, right? You know, I don't think there's anything wrong where if it's really like, say you, and I'm the basketball coach, you're the football coach. We talk a little and it's like, hey, you know, for this kid, the best for this kid is maybe get him in a weight room, get him, you know, I'm trying to say where he's never going to play on the basketball team. He's not going to play you know, that, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? I just think maybe like there's a situation like that where, well, you know, he like might be better off in a weight sports, room. Right, yeah, right. You know, if, if the kid well, is. Well, and I understand higher... what you're saying. Uh, there's a couple things. You know, can you, if you have a, a, a lineman that potentially is playing basketball, you can think of it, you know, for me, I'm thinking of it in two ways. Number one, if the kid really still wants to play, you can still get him in the weight room but just the ability to practice uh, working on footwork, you know, especially as an offensive lineman, that could be very, very helpful for him as far as agility is concerned. But then if there's a situation where you could potentially try to get him to maybe get on the track team and do a shot put or a discus and still be in the weight room, you know, that is another opportunity. But then, you know, that is a situation where they're not doing something to improve footwork. Right. Right. As much as it is from a bath, but at least they're participating. Cause I'll tell you this and, 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 uh, coach John probably knows this, you know, just as much as we do is that if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Yes. Yeah. Right. Very true. Very true. So bottom line, they will find you. 
A couple comments from Dr. John Jenner right on. When I started girls lacrosse last year, my soccer players picked up on the skills really quickly. When we started girls flag football, my basketball players and wrestlers picked up on those sports quickly. There's tons of crossover on the skills that can make kids successful in other sports and more importantly, give them more monumental adolescent experiences. Kenny's saying I disagree with it, but if a coach is recruiting you, then I think then they can say it. Uh, Kenny's also saying bigger private schools is who I'm talking about. Uh, Dr. John, Kenny, not a lot of recruiters will say that. Many are very supportive of playing multiple sports. Those college coaches and recruiters played multiple sports themselves. The, um, you know, the other thing, I think um, when I'm saying a multiple sport athlete, I'm, I'm thinking in the terms of a kid who's come up through youth sports playing you know, three sports and then gets to high school and decides to drop one because they want to focus on one. So I'm not talking about like, um, oh, I'm just going to play basketball this winter. You know, I, I mean, more of the terms of like, I feel like the kids get to high school and that's when they decide they need to specialize, you know, uh, which kind of gets back to your question. But And real also, quick, Coach Sis is saying Chris Hogan, lacrosse, mammoth to NFL. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So. The, um, you know, about a kid who says, you know what, I'm going to not play basketball this year uh, because I'm just going to work out on my own and get ready for whatever season, right? And I always felt like that kid was doing themselves a disservice because um, I'm not saying what they would ultimately do, that they wouldn't work hard on their own, but you can't match playing, especially if you're a varsity athlete, right? If you're going to, and especially in like a winter season, I feel like, because it's long, it's arduous, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, especially, again, I'm only speaking for ones that I know, you know, basketball, I'm sure wrestling, of course, is just as grueling, but um, if more so probably, um, but you aren't going to get that you can work out with Parisi speed school, you know, three times a week. And again, not to take anything away from those, those are important things. And when kids do those extras, it definitely enhances, you know, uh, their performance and abilities. But if you're choosing that over playing a team sport, I just feel like you're shorting yourself on uh, where you kind of expect to be physically. You know, I just don't think well, you're going to match sure. that day plus, in and day out. Plus practice. the ability to have camaraderie with your teammates yes. yeah. and have some yeah. fun with your teammates. Yeah. And all the other things that go along with it. Yep. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Johns. Uh, oh, sorry, we, we Coach. We talked about Manning before, right, Kurt? And, yep. uh, you know, I want to say he's the number one re recruit out, you know, in the country. I think he's still playing basketball. Right. Oh, that's, right. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's so nice. I love hearing that. Um. I didn't know that, but that is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Johnson, Kurt, you're right, but think about the amount of sports that are offered now. We have 24 sports. Some high schools have 30. Maybe basketball isn't for them, but there's so many more options for them. I feel like so many of our athletes can successfully being a 2-3 sport athlete. Just depends on if they're interested. I totally agree. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. 100%. Yeah. And they're changing the rules too, right? So, and, and, and John knows this as well. They're, they're you know reducing the seasons a little bit to try to help those three-sport athletes you know, get a little bit, a bit of a break in between the sport mm -hmm. so they're not overlapping. And I think that is extremely important. If you're yep. really, truly looking at trying to help the student athlete Great give them point. a little bit of a break, uh, those things are ha starting to happen. Great point. I want to kind of take this into, I'm going to combine what I think you were, where you were going to go, Kurt, with where my follow-up question was. I believe you were going to say about coaches who kind of um, – persuade or suggest that their players yes. focus on their sport um and i was going to conversely kind of say like what if you're there's so many opportunities 
specifically for the sports that I coach to play out of season, like club lacrosse, club field hockey, AAU basketball, uh, club soccer is huge. Um, you know, there's just there's so many chances for you to play out of season for lacrosse and field hockey there are recruiting tournaments every season of the year almost every month you could be going somewhere and you're playing on these club teams so you have coaches it almost becomes a situation though as a varsity coach you feel like if my kids aren't competing in the off season when that season comes around we are at such a disadvantage because i can't catch my kids up to where they're playing so you have this you know problem as a coach where you say I want them taking advantage of these out-of-season opportunities, right? But at the same time, I don't want them to have to give up their other sports. So now I'm a multiple sport coach. I coach three sports. So here I am. It's spring lacrosse season, right? And I, Or I'll use field hockey because I had more kids who played. It's, it's fall field hockey. And I'm coaching my club team that has like four of my kids. I'm not coaching the team. I'm the girls director. I wasn't breaking any rules. <laughs> I have my own kids who are going to tournaments in the fall. I have lacrosse kids that are going to soccer tournaments in the spring. You know, as a coach now, how do you handle this other commitment they have? Maybe your sport isn't their number one, right? Like how it's a, uh, what, so we have two topics here really, like the coaches who want their kids to focus on their sport and then the coaches who are trying to make it work with kids who they want to keep in their program and at the same time, you know, play other sports during the season. Does that make sense? Well, it, it does. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I've said this for a number of years and, and I don't know, you know, maybe in the next 10 or 15 years, uh, you know, I think there's going to be situations, especially at small schools, where it's going to be very, very difficult to try to support a high school program because of all of those things you just brought up related to all the club programs. Uh, but if you are in season and you are playing a specific sport in season for your high school, okay, I think that should be the number one commitment. If there's a situation where you have a club game, but your high school team is playing, I think that's where you need to be. Uh, and if not, that's going to be a situation where you're now truly impacting your high school program uh, because of that. I, I, I am 1,000% with you, but I'm going to, again, tonight I'm going to be like, I'm going to, what's it called? Devil's advocate tonight. Because I'm 100% with red, you. So if you're perfect. playing football, if it's football season, football should come first and foremost. But here's the thing. What happens if that kid's really a baseball player first and foremost, right? And I agree with you. If it's a Saturday game, he, if he's not at the game. He should, he should be handing his equipment in. But what happens if there's a game Friday night? And now Saturday morning's film, but Saturday morning he's got a tournament. Does he go? How, you're the head coach. Are you gonna just? Are you gonna allow him to go to that? Because he's really a baseball guy first, and hey, you would love to have him on the football team, and he's there for the games. But Saturday's some kind of showcase. But hey, we had a game on fr Friday night, and it's Saturday morning film session. But his parents say he's not gonna be there. He's going to New York to play baseball. Is that an issue? Because uh, that's it gets tough. You know, it gets I think a it's tough. It's tough, but I think again, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of how to help student athletes, you make that adjustment and you catch them up to speed. Uh, you know, maybe with some other kids, and you allow him that opportunity because it's a game showcase situation. Uh, you, you know, 
And you, I think you allow that to happen. I think where it comes into play a lot of times and where it's more difficult is the summertime, right? Yes. The summertime is where it's a little bit more difficult. It's, you know, we don't get that during the football season, but we'll get it in the summertime because it's a baseball showcase or a lacrosse showcase and they're missing some practice time. But again, you have to be flexible in, in, in that situation. So if it's not a game-like situation and maybe it's a Saturday, uh, you know, I would be a little flexible. If it's a, some a situation during the week and you are practicing to get ready for a game, and somebody tells you, hey, you know, I got to go to this showcase. Well, you can go to that showcase, but I can't guarantee you that your spot is going to be available, right. you know, because the next guy up is going to get some more reps and have that opportunity. So I can't guarantee that you're going to be the guy when you come back. But if it's a Saturday and it's a situation where the game was on Friday uh, and they were on a showcase over the weekend, Again, if you're looking out for the student athlete as well, then I think that's a situation where you allow them to participate. Yeah, I um, that's something I feel like I definitely um, softened my stance on um, during my tenure as a head coach. Um, I think I went into it a little more black and white. Like, well, if you're not here, like you said, coach, you know, somebody, blah, blah, blah. But I felt like, um, and then at the same time, I feel like the club teams were really taking off and I had kids who more kids with other commitments and doing other things. And I really felt like I had to ask myself what was better, not just for our program, but like all the kids in the program kind of, you know, like for me to take this hard stance, like who am I hurting? You know? Right. And, um, I, like you said, I was a multiple sport athlete. I want to support these kids in what they're doing as best I can. You know, um, more specifically, I felt I felt it in the spring as a coach. Um, I had I had a, a player. Her soccer was her number one sport, and she. I felt like it was going to be a point of where she maybe didn't play lacrosse. You know, and um, I didn't. I really didn't want to lose her, and I didn't think her teammates wanted to lose her. So I really, you know, worked with her. And if she was going to miss a practice, even if she was going to miss a practice for, you know, like you said, a weekend showcase, um, you know, I would let, I would come in early in the morning before school and I would get her a practice in. We do some wall ball. She do a little conditioning so that like she got that. She never missed a practice if we could do that, you know? Um, but same thing when it came to missing games, Hey, someone's taking your spot. Like oh, I'll, work course, with you. Yeah. I'll work sure. with you, you know, yes. as best I can, but you have to realize like, we're still a team here. And if somebody takes your spot, when you come back, you don't just get that spot right back either. You know, that kid yeah. stepped in, did your job, you know, yeah. and we went on without you. So, you know, you, you got to earn it back now. And I don't know how yeah. long that's going to take. It could be a game. It could be five games. I'm not going to make right. that promise. Right. So, yeah. Kurt, yeah. Yep. Yep. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Would you rather have someone who wants to go to a showcase or somebody who's just going to sit at home and miss practice? Okay. And now, you know, I just miss practice. So right. I, no, absolutely. Right. Good. That's that an excellent point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's an excellent point. Yeah. You know where it did get tricky and it happened a little, um, I guess we, I guess we had a kid or two at St. Mary's where, you know, and again, times have changed and, and it's probably even way different now, but you may get a kid where he might not be going to a showcase, but he might be working at ShopRite, you know, and saying, hey, mm -hmm. I got to work. Like, right. you know, right. I'm going to work around and hey, we have a game on Friday, so I moved it to Saturday. Now, listen, I'm not going to be able to be there when we do. We do our running and we watch films. But I got to help support the family. Right. I mean, that's, right. again, totally yeah. I, a whole I had other that, issue. Yeah. I had that's that valid. situation when I was coaching girls basketball in Hackensack. 
you know, some of the players that I had, you know, had to go home because mom was working to make sure that they watched, you know, their younger brother or sister. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's, that's life. That's reality. Yes. You, as a coach, you have to make that adjustment right. or that player is no longer going to be on your team. And is that what you really want to help student athletes? No. Right. You exactly. Know. You know, so, you know, those kind of things are important. Absolutely. Uh, Kenny St. Kurt, we had brothers we graduated with who were baseball guys first and then came on to play football later on. Um, I don't remember where. I don't know if they ever, like, not were there at the practice. Um, I think that's what he's talking about. Dr. John then was saying, I was on a conference call with the NJSIAA a few months back about girls' flag football. Though they liked the concept, the worry of adding it as an official championship sport was it would hurt the girls lacrosse and softball turnout during the spring. Many group one and two schools have trouble fielding those teams with full rosters in these sports, and adding girls flag football hurts the turnout for those programs. So for now, it will stay as an unsponsored sport, meaning they could do Right, which both. means they can compete in their they other, can do both. you know, lettered sports there. Interesting. Sure, and, I, and I, I completely understand that. And, you know, at a small, you know, again, coaching at a small group, you know, one level, uh, that makes it very, very difficult. But I think there's things that you could potentially do down the road where you could, like, and I'll just use, you know, I went to high school at Beckton, right? So you have Beckton, you have Wallington, you have Woodridge, you know, those three schools. Can you potentially field a team for girl, a girls' sport of flag football with three schools instead of one school potentially, right? And do something to that effect. Yep. You know, those are things that you could potentially do to help the small schools uh, be able to participate and field the team because you could get three or four. If you get three or four kids from each school, now you have three to four more kids that are participating in your school compared to not. Uh, coach, I got one off script real quick. Jen, real quick, we'll just ask Coach. He's the football guy. Um, you know, we've been very, when coaching at Ramapo, you know, very blessed to have the Krautmans, the Hallmans have a legit, quote-unquote, kicker, right? A legit college kicker. Some schools don't. So just to ask you, smaller schools, you were saying Becton, do you think just for kickers, just for kickers, should a soccer player be allowed to kick for a football team? Just kick. Uh, Would you be against it? I don't think I would be against it, but why couldn't you try to, you know, take one of the players that you potentially have and try to teach them how to kick as well? Okay. You know, that would be, uh, again, you know, I know it, uh, you know, Hawthorne, you know, Dominic Pizarro, you know, is he's, a, he's doing a great job as a kicker. He's, you know, it's a group one, group two school. You know, Rick uh, works with him. You know, we have our guys, you know, that's what they come and they do and they practice, you know. If I'm a kid who potentially has an opportunity to not get on the field at one particular point in time, right? Maybe I want to practice that. Maybe I want to learn how to do that to get myself on the field. So is it an opportunity for a, a kid to potentially get on the field by learning that trait? Sure. If you're pulling a kid from the soccer field, uh, Again, what happens if they have a game on a Saturday and you have a game on a Saturday <laughs> exactly. or Friday? Yes. You know, That's send, the problem. so then, you know, that becomes uh, that becomes the problem, right. right? So, you know, even at a group 1 level, there's there's opportunities out out there for kids to be able to learn that skill 
uh, and potentially get a college scholarship down the road for that reason, just by whether it's long snapping, right? Yes. Yep. Kicking. So if, if you're someone who, you, you know, there was an article the other day about uh, the guy uh, from Rutgers, Clark Harris, right? Okay. He participated. Uh, he, he was a tight end for Rutgers. And he hated the fact that he had a long snap and everybody else was going to the bench. Well, he's now in the league 11 years because of long that. Long snap, yep. It's a, hey, it's a specialty, it's an art, <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. know. So, you know, learn, is somebody on that sideline, learn how to do it. Because again, if I'm a soccer kid and I have a game on a Friday and I have a- No, it's a great point. It's a great point. A football, that's not just not gonna work. I just also think you get into a slippery slope of like, um, why is it allowed that he is allowed, he or she is allowed to do that, and uh, you know, I'm not allowed to, you know, play tennis and then run cross country or something. You know, like uh, I think if you open up that can, it's a, an, an equity issue, perhaps. Um, all right, next topic. Are we ready? Yep. Any comments you need to read? No. Uh, just Enjoy. Kenny saying, Jen Allen broke a record. Kurt waited to go off script to eight forty five. Good call. Local record. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, we need that timer then, Jen? Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> timer for a different reason, am I, yeah. Am I talking too much? I'm sorry, Kenny. There you go. <laughs> um, so I have I have a bunch of different topics down. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with the order. This one's a little sport specific. I oh wait, I'm um, like. real quick, Dr. John. NFHS states. There are 16 states who allow athletes to play multiple sports in a season. It's not unheard to allow the soccer player to play football. They just don't do it in Jersey. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. It's also kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit. You know, I actually didn't realize this. I used to like to pick a book to read for each of my seasons, right, for kind of like an inspiration for me to help in that season. And I read a basketball um, it, it was called In These Girls, Hope is a Muscle. And it was about a basketball team in Massachusetts. And I didn't realize until I read that book that they can have eighth graders play varsity. Yeah. So New York, states, I think, does that. I think that. New York does do it also. Yeah, but I always remember being like, what? I just never even dawned on me that you I could have you know, someone a, a younger than a freshman, which is high school, play play a varsity sport. But I was reading. I'm like, did I misread that? That eighth grader is <laughs> playing varsity. <laughs> Yeah. But um, all right, so I feel like this next topic is a little sports specific that it might dry. There's no real like cut or dry answer. And it is turf versus grass fields. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you take it any way you want, coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Again, coaching at Ramapo and the style that we play, uh, you know, being on turf makes the game for us a lot faster especially with the players that we have. Uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, years ago when uh, we used to go to play teams that had grass, it, it there was almost like a mindset, like it was just different for them, right? You know, you're, you're practicing on turf all the time. You're playing on turf. You feel like you're, you know, you're moving a lot faster and everything like that. And then you go play on high grass and it's like, oh my goodness, it's almost like they put the brakes on, right? And it slowed you down. So from, you know, a perspective of coaching at Rempo for the amount of time I've been there, you know, and the way our offense is, we like to play on turf. We just like to get the ball moving and, and go as fast as we can. Uh, you know, I could remember years ago playing at Sea Caucus and coaching at Sea Caucus 
and playing in a game where it just rained the night before mm. and trying to play in a game with two foot of mud and trying to move around, right. uh, you know, it just makes it more difficult. So just from the perspective of, you know, being able to play in different types of weather conditions without it truly having a major, major impact on the game, uh, that's always pretty helpful too. Coach, so. I, I have a quick question for you. You mentioned how, like, um, especially, you know, going back a few years were not as many schools, or turf was a rarity, right? Like, there was uh, yes. not as many schools. Did you ever find, you don't have to name any schools if you did, that certain schools would let their grass grow for your game, feeling that it would give them a decided advantage? 100%, and wet it. <laughs> also wet it, too. Oh, and wet it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. And you know what? I like the idea, though, of both. Because I'm like, listen, as an offensive guy, I love coach. Like, I would hate when it's like, oh, we got to play now and slop and oh, my God. You know, like, it's like your whole game plan. Now it's mm -hmm. back to, you know, that's getting thrown out the window. The kids, we played in Cresco one time, coach. I swear mm -hmm. to God. I mean, the score was, I think, we lost 2 nothing or 3-2. <laughs> it was like, you couldn't do anything. Like, you wanted to go on defense. You didn't even want the ball. You were right. better off seriously that they're going to turn it over. It's yep. crazy. Yeah, um, it has a major impact on the game. Yeah. When, uh, and it, what it does do, though, is, uh, you know, if, if you are a team that is not as good, it definitely changes the out, you know, could yeah. potentially change the outcome of a game and help you in that situation, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, a couple of comments. Uh, Kenny's saying, I love getting piled on the turf. Kurt's freshman team gang tackles me on turf and it felt more better. Frozen dirt. Sis said, of course, Josh Walkowitz. Saying Fairlawn in 2001, coach. I guess he's talking about going to the Fairlawn and playing on the grass, right? In 2001. Yes. yes. Mr. Beelan, my phone died, but I got to say, best duo in the game, hoops and coach. Oh, he's saying hoops and coach. <laughs> All right. Thanks, oh, Beelan. <laughs> uh, um, um, you know, but I like. I like having both because you know what? It's gonna it goes like that to college and it goes like that to the next level where mm. hey, you know what? Some days you might have to go play on you're not that you like it, but I like the idea that you're still gonna get hey, you're going to Soldier Field, it's grass. You know, you're still going to colleges, they're playing on grass, they're playing on turf and uh hey, what do they always say? Peyton Mar Peyton Manning, right? Keep him on that turf. He wants the turf. Put him on put him in New England in the cold in that grass. It's a different, different animal. Story. Different different animal. Animal. Well, and they've done a lot with technology to improve the turf and trying to reduce injuries and everything. I remember years ago, again, you know, a phys ed guy, uh, you know, in class at Montclair and falling on that turf uh, and the burn that you would get on that turf compared to what they have now that really looks like grass. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you fall on it, it, it doesn't hurt as much, obviously. Uh, but again, you know, unfortunately, there are injuries. You can see, you know, even look, you look at the guy from Alabama, unfortunately, right? Yeah. You know, is, is that potentially a, a, a turf injury? Yeah. You know, so there are many injuries that do happen, you know, unfortunately, due to, you know, the turf monster, right? Right. Now, I will say this, and I'm not going to mention the school. Okay, Jen, I promise we won't mention the school. But one year, we were a very physical team at St. Mary's. This other team was more of a spread team. So on a Friday night, we were away. The team had turf, and it was raining. Okay, I'm not, listen, it wasn't like the storm the other night. It was raining. All right, cancel the game. We'll play. Like, that I don't agree with because cancel that game because it's going to benefit us, the more physical running team. See, that we can get into a whole other discussion oh, of yeah. cancellations of games. 
Like, it shouldn't be on your advantage. It should be, if, if listen, first of all, if you have turf and it's raining, you should play. It's it's rain, right? Unless it's not torrential downpours. It's rain. That, you know, That's why you have turf. It shouldn't course, be, yeah. we're canceling due to, okay, we have a better chance to beat this team on a, on a you know, on a dry turf field. So I will say that. What's your thoughts on that? Well, can I answer about the turf before we... Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I said, you know, it is very sport-specific. You know, like the um, for field hockey, you would hands down want to be on turf. You know, there's not a doubt about it. And if you... Not that any, everybody has the field turf. Anybody who's lucky enough to have the field turf has the... has To have turf has field turf. But there's no astroturf, as far as I'm aware, in high school. Actually, Livingston used to have it. I don't know if they still do. I don't think that they do. But just the smooth astroturf, that is ideal for field hockey because, Coach, like you were saying, just makes the game so much faster and the control of the ball, you know, because it's these unnatural bounces on the grass. So I was wondering about, like, baseball. You know, like, um, I feel like those who are – I don't want to say, like, true to the game, but, like, feel a little more, like, don't like the idea of – of baseball on turf, you know, like they like, yeah. you know, I, I, again, it's better from a perspective of scheduling in high school where you don't have to worry about makeups Rain as much, outs. but I don't know that baseball players truly like the feel of playing on turf. You know, it seems to well, be. I, well, and the difference is when you don't play, and again, i watching my daughter play high school softball, right? And she's an outfielder and you're playing in the outfield and you play in grass the ball bounces a certain way. Now you get a ball hit in the outfield on turf. Well, guess what? It's not really slowing down. It's speeding right, up. Right, right. And if you don't take a better angle and you, and you don't practice that on a daily basis, yeah. that's hard to adjust to yeah. that and playing third base. I don't want to play third base <laughs> in a baseball or softball game on turf, unless I'm all the way back because that's right. tough. Right, and in softball, when everything's buttoned, they're telling you, move in, move in. <laughs> now that girl hits a line drive down your throat. Uh, Dr. Well, that's a big adjustment. Oh, that's yeah. a huge adjustment. Dr. John is saying, whoever did that, wouldn't I guess, wouldn't make it in Seattle. Growing up, you know what we call the Friday night game in the rain like every other day. Kurt, whoever did that is being <laughs> ridiculous. Jen, lots of schools in Seattle had AstroTurf due to rain. The ball speeds up big uh, time. Well, we used to water our – I mean, you know, again, when you get to, you know, the college level, you know, and you have the AstroTurf, you did. Like they, you know, do you, – you water it exactly for that reason. Yeah, yep. Dr. Uh, uh, Beelan saying turf and rain was the best. Kenny <laughs> saying, remember the old artificial turf at Giant Stadium? It's like playing on concrete. Getting off the subject real quick, they were talking about the cold weather game, the New England-Buffalo game, and they had um, – it was Keyshawn Johnson – was on and they were saying you know how is it like being cold or whatever and he said the worst feeling he said is when you get tackled to the ground he goes it could be cold all you want you don't feel he goes but you get tackled to that ground he goes it's like a sheet of ike you're just like you know and people are piling on you piling on you and he goes that's just the worst feeling so kenny's saying the old giant stadium like concrete and that's kind of what Keyshawn said he said it's the worst feeling in the world you're getting tackled on and you just don't feel nothing it's like he's like you don't feel like you have equipment on you it's so hard so yeah well years yeah. ago remember uh kurt did you ever play in weehawken stadium before yes. they had the turf yes well the rocks and the grass you know they yep. had no grass it was just rocks yep. oh glass. my gosh oh <laughs> yeah 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 well i think we're uh let's say one more give me pick right. one more all right, well you know what so one more topic then we're going to go to is i'll let you you can see between four and five which one you want to go now 
Um, let's go to four. Coach is the high okay. school football. Yeah. Coach. All right. Perfect. We'll go to perfect. Four. Okay. So my next topic is um, specific to football, and the some things that have happened. Not just this year. There was a controversial call in the group five, I think it was, or four. This year? Yeah, five. Right? Well, the one that really started it yeah. was the Heights New Milford game no, I know. years I ago. To, I was going to get to that. I was saying specifically this year, though, which one was it? Clifton but, East yeah. Orange. So, and then dating back, there's been some other controversies where replay would have, and Dr. John, I know, has chimed in on this a little bit. So, my question, Coach, is what is the. Um, is it realistic to have replay uh, in high school football? Official review, I should say. I think that's a better term. Official review. Uh, I let's let's talk about the Clifton game first, right? And I will say this: okay, if you're going to have a venue of a, a Big Ten venue that has the ability to have that technology, then use it wisely. At a high school level there could potentially be schools that don't have Wi-Fi on their field. Right. You know, uh, I know from being up top, you know, we have many, many times where, you know, we're having issues with our huddle sideline and something goes down. Uh, you know, we don't have, you know, tech guys that we hire. You know, some schools mm -hmm. may or may not, you know, have tech guys that they hire that could potentially make sure that those kind of things are running. So, from that perspective, I just think it's very, very difficult to have anything consistent mm -hmm. that is going to be able to work for every single school. I, I just don't see that yet. Right now, the way the technology is, um, that I just would it be helpful and beneficial? It always is helpful, but I just don't know if all the schools are equipped to be able to do right. that in that situation and you're really asking again not that i don't agree that it wouldn't be potentially beneficial but you're really it's quite a uh, expense to ask for schools to who you know really don't have the means or the budget i mean budgets are always getting cut you know if that's a asking a lot to put on a team and how do you kind of justify that for just football when you have you know maybe your you know, I don't know, track and field team needs new uniforms, you know, I mean, it's just right, right. You, know, you might never have you all year, you might not go to replay, like you spent, you know right, what I'm saying, right, like, yeah, yeah, what's the like, odds? Right, that's true, the use of it, how much are you going to really use it, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Beelan exactly. saying, coach would be screaming from the booth, X slide, P route, 22, yellow, yellow, I don't know what he's talking about, you know what, can, coach, can I get one more for coach, just one more, okay. I'm just, so just, let me, let me, uh, let me just finish one other thing, that, you know, uh, just related to this question here, and I know, you know, maybe in a few years, I know some schools, I know Hawthorne, for, uh, for example, right, they have something called the huddle focus, right? So if schools start to go down that road, again, you know, that could potentially be something where you could utilize that technology, but not every school is going to be doing that. Right. So. Right, so if the game's in Hawthorne, we're going to get the correct call. If the game's in Lodi, you're not going to get the correct call. Correct, exactly. So That's my point. And, right, and you can't right. do that for, you know, you can't make that unless, you know, unless everybody has that same type of technology. You just, it's just not going to happen. Even even for the state finals, you know, you're in different venues, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think if they were going to make some type of rule where they said, like, you know, in the regular season, it's not going to 
happen or even, you know, in the playoffs. But since we're going to be at MetLife, you know, um, for the finals and they want to implement it there, but I think it needs to be equitable amongst all all of the state finals, you know, not just the ones that are being played uh, where they have the capabilities of doing it. That's just my opinion. Dr. Well, John. And, and oh, sorry, I will coach, say this. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, coach. I'm sorry. You go ahead. You know, and uh, at Rutgers this year, I believe the right, they used the big 10 technology and their replay. When we were at giant stadium. Okay. We had our own huddle stuff set up and we did have one year against Riverdale. We had some issues because we were so far up. And we were trying to get the uh, the network communicating, but we were so high up that we were struggling with the bandwidth to be able to pick it up. So it wasn't like we were using, you know, MetLife Stadium's right, technology. Right, we right. We're still trying to get our technology set up for our system. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, Dr. John, instant replay official review isn't a bad idea and concept. Here's my issue. The rule in the regular season is both schools have to have huddle sideline to use it, meaning it's a system of haves and have-nots. Mm -hmm. Additionally, not every coaching staff is comfortable with it and need additional training, which some mm -hmm. districts won't provide. I think for this to work, the NJSIAA should make it mandatory for all schools to have and provide trainings to coaches. Beelan's saying, I need to booster my kid's high school with some Wi-Fi. Dr. John, <laughs> we have huddle focus, huddle sideline, huddle scout, etc. I think it's useful, but you have to have the coaching staff uh, willing to use it. Sis is saying Beelan learned the lingo. Um, <laughs> uh, and my, here's my last one, Coach. And coaching oh. staff and officials. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to have the, you know, listen, I'm thinking, I don't know about your sports, but some of the officials that coached, you know, officiated my sports were, uh, would probably have no interest in right. learning, learning technology. It. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, so here's no, my last one. I well, want to speed no. through this. Oh, guys, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Yeah, no, here. it's okay. But, you know, we use the huddle sideline, right? So we have somebody on the field with the, uh, the iPad. We have somebody up top with the iPad. And, uh, you know, we can see everything in, you know, after, you know, a couple seconds, it, it uploads in. And that's huge and so beneficial for us. But you're, you're absolutely right. You know, how many schools have somebody that's going to know how to set it up, number one? Number two, how to use it. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. All right. So, here's this. I, I'll be honest with you. This was the first question we got, and I promise. We'll get out. This will be the last one. But All since good. we have... As long hey, as Kenny doesn't say we're over time. Right, 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 right. We have... Listen, we have everyone... We all coached, right? We have an AD... Okay, we got some, we and we got Sis Kenny and Beeland watching. So how, how much better could it be where people are going to put their opinions? But this is the one I wanted to ask, and I'm going to ask Coach first. Oh, you you took off my paper. Oh, <laughs> you took I it off. Okay, who should hire an assistant coaching staff? Should it be the head coach, the AD, or just the straight board of education? Or, but more importantly, should the head coach have a say on who his his or her assistants will be? Hundred percent, they should. If if they're the you have, have a say. No, or, no, make the call. call. Make like, the call. Yeah, right. Who's coaching? That's a little different. Well, at the end of the day, if I'm the head coach, I want to be able to make sure that the assistants that I'm going to hire, okay, are going to be able to work with me, uh, are going to you know support me a hundred percent. Uh, you know, hey, listen, are there going to be situations where you can come on staff and there are guys who are currently working or, or, or ladies that are currently working in the program? Sure. But I believe that the other piece to that, okay, is in, in some situations, uh, I'd have to check on the law again, but I, you know, 
the way I, I understood the law years ago, if you are a teacher in district, okay, you are going to have the first opportunity for that job before an outside person, unless you can, you know, like change the criteria to match what you're looking for and potentially hurt your, your, the, your candidate, right? That's currently working inside of the district, but that's very, very hard to do. Right. Okay. So in some situations you may not be able to do that based on those restrictions. Right. And Dr. John is just saying, Irvington, like many districts, the coaching contracts are tied to the teachers union contract. So in these situations, the union members have first shot. And honestly, and this is where I've said it all along, Jen and I have talked about, I think we've talked about with sis. I think that's absolutely wrong. You know, just like you said, you know, I, I never put in for a head football job. If I put in for a head football job, I'm who's it going to come down to if things go wrong? Me. Right? So you yes. know what? I want Coach Breslin. I want Coach Lano. I don't want way, Coach... He's not, he's not just throwing those names out. When we do play this game, you're both hired. So no... <laughs> you're hired, hard. baby. <laughs> but it also is though, like, why... Like, I want my people. You know, like you're saying, work with them. You know them. You know a system. You're going to have... Like, why am I going to... Okay, so John Beelan's been in there for six years. I'm not saying John Beelan's a bad guy, but what if I have Kenny Kirkpatrick I want over him? Like, it's, it, I'm the head coach. Like, well, that's you want it. to be very, very, uh, again, so many people want to be a head coach, but do you really want to be a head coach, right? So you really have to do your due diligence to find out who is on staff, who right. wants to stay on staff, who has a teaching position that could potentially lock that person in to stay on staff? Uh, you know, and those things are important before you sign on the dotted line to say right. that you want to be a head coach. Uh, I think again, being a head coach and working in the district is important. If that's not the case, then I think it's important to have some guys that work in, or, or ladies that work inside 100%. of the district to be able to help you in, in many situations from a, just a student, you know, whether it's a discipline standpoint, whether it's a, you know, coaches coming in to recruit players, whatever the case may be. But I would agree that you want to do your due diligence and you want to make sure that you can at least get three to four people on staff that are your people. Yes. I, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, again, I'm not saying because, you know, you have heard like people who uh, aren't in the school. They do say, oh, you know, I got to get somebody like whatever position it is. I got to get at least one there because, you know, I'm getting a call. Some, you know, they'll, they'll say I'm getting calls at work. I don't know what's going on. Like these kids are acting up. They probably the kids probably act up more. There's nobody in the building to discipline them, like you said, but when it comes like down to push and shove and it's like, Hey, I, you know, if you guys want me, but you know, I want to hire this offensive coordinator and this defensive coordinator. I want him to run my special teams. I mean, why would, like you said, why would you really, it's just asking for trouble. Like I got to work with, you know, coach, you run a three, four defense. I really want to be, you know, you're a man zero. I want to be a cover three team. I'm the head. This is what I really want. I want to talk. You know, I want somebody that I'm going to be on the same kind of the same page with, or if you're just going, now we're just playing cover zero. Like I got to coach with that guy. 
Like, that's right. not my philosophy. I'm the head coach. When we give up 70 points, they're going to say, what the hell's he doing over there? This guy's not a good coach. They're not even going to talk to the quarter. They're going to go right to the head coach. And Well, and no, I, I don't disagree. But one of the other things is important is when you do, you know, make those hires, I think, and, and Jen would attest to this too, if you are the head coach, one of the, one of the people that you hire, you want to make Really working from the ground up. You know, um, Kurt Whitaker and I have this discussion, and I feel like I use this line often when we have like coaching discussions. Oftentimes, football is its own animal. You know, mm -hmm. um, it really is very different um, in a lot of respects. Like, um, you, you guys, first of all, have a much larger coaching staff, number one, very specific to your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, specifically those two roles. Um, I'm speaking, when we have this conversation, I talk about my specific sports because that's where my experience is. And I say, when I became a head coach in Montville, first of all, I was very young. I was 24 years old. So you know what? I didn't know anybody. <laughs> Number one. You know, I mean, I did, but not anybody who was going to want to come coach with me. They were already head coaches or, you know. Um, number two, those are, those are coaching, field hockey and lacrosse coaching positions, maybe Dr. John could attest to this, are, is extremely hard to fill. To find someone who knows the game, right? I didn't even say played. I hope they played, right? <laughs> knows the game, is familiar with the game, and is teaching or can have, you know, a, a fit a schedule where, like, if they don't have a teaching job that they can actually coach. Um, I always struggled, I you know, God forbid I had an opening, I would be like, oh, no, now we have to find someone. It's so hard to find someone for those roles. So when I first started coaching, the staff that was already there who decided to stay, right, was the staff that I, you know, in inherited. inherited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm playing a little devil's advocate here. I, I was thankful because the positions were filled at that point. And also being a new coach who was young, you know, um, it was, there's some positives to it, you know, again, that they, you know, um, the kids do know who that person is. I was not yeah. in the building and coach, like you said, to have somebody in the high school was so beneficial. Yeah. Cause I wasn't out of district coach. So, you know, as much as I don't disagree with, of course we'd like to pick our own staff you know i think they're you know i also always said i've always said this to you too is just because i'm coming in as a head coach and i may want to have my own people it doesn't mean that the people who are on staff maybe they've been there for 15 years and they're phenomenal coaches is it fair to them that because i'm new they just lose their job well you know? no but again like and, and, and you know i know we're not talking about pros and we're not talking about college to high school but in reality it really is the same you know like you're talking about you know denver fired their coach so technically right now they fired fangio but they said hey the gm said listen right i'm not firing anybody else i'm gonna let the head coach interview him if he wants them he keeps them if he wants to bring in 14 coaches he brings in 14 coaches i think when you got the job you should have been able to sit with him and say okay i'm gonna keep gonna keep I got somebody to replace that one. It's your program now. Not just, here's your four assistants. Who are they? Well, learn them, but here's your four assistants. I just think that's bad. And it's just, a lot of times it's not going to work out because you don't know those people. And if you have people that you're more comfortable with, why wouldn't you bring them in?
Dr. John, though, saying the only problem is this. In New Jersey, a paid coach needs to have a teaching certificate or substitute certificate with 60 credits. I turn away quality coaches from youth levels every year because they don't have enough credits. You can be a five-time state champion in another state, but if you don't have the credits, you can't coach in Jersey. See, that I just think is like, I don't know. So like Bill Parcells can't coach high school football in Jersey. He's not a teacher. Yeah. I'm just saying, well, if he doesn't have... No, no, you said, well, he's a teacher certificate. Oh, 660 credits. Okay. 60 credits. So, yeah. Well, and you know what? Listen, I, I think there has to be some type of a vetted process because you could potentially hire all kinds of people that have... You don't know their background. You don't know True. anything. Uh, so I think there still has to be some kind of vetted process in that regard. So, and, you know, to piggyback off of what Jen was saying before, you know, yeah, you have an opportunity. You, uh, it, it could be a struggle sometimes to, uh, you know, to get coaches in, in, in certain sports. Uh, but you hope that they are going to work with you and, you know, support your philosophies of what you're trying to do. Right. Because, you know, w- were any of those two people you know, looking to be the head coach and didn't get that job. Right, that's right. where that it becomes be a, yes. a sticky yeah. situation, yeah. right? Yes. That, that's yep. where it right. could potentially be a problem where they could potentially be sabotaging you behind the scenes. And that's where, you know, that's where it becomes difficult. Yep. All right. All right. Thank you, Coach, for joining us this evening and uh, for your insightfulness on all of our topics. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, as always, for uh, for having me. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. We flew by. It was awesome. Thank yeah. you, Coach. No problem. Did I beat Kenny's time or what? Am, am I okay? Uh, I haven't heard from Kenny, so I'm yeah. not sure where Kenny... Uh, Kenny you might, sleeping? Uh, no, only if I can bring the headset, Carl. Oh, Kenny, wants a, Kenny only wants a coach because everyone keeps saying that who is he going for the giant job when he wears his new headset with the mic. They said he's... Oh, uh, Kenny's going for the new... He's going to be the new GM? Yeah, no, no, he wants a coaching staff. He's got the headset. I don't know if you see oh, it. He's, got the, he's got the new headset going with the mic. So, yeah, people keep saying he's doing that. So <laughs> Too funny. Good stuff. Well, thanks again for... Uh... Oh, 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 Coach Sis is saying you got to get on the board. So when you want to come on K&K, he wants the Breslin whiteboard. He wants the whiteboard back? Yeah. All right, so we have to try to pick before uh, – we have to find a day where we can uh, do that. You know what we're going to uh, do, Coach? Can we do – how about if we do next Wednesday and we do the championship games? AFC championship, NFC championship. Next Wednesday, I am in Atlantic City for uh, Texpo. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, nice. So we should be a text ball. I, I should be a text ball. Yeah, you should be. You know what? Yeah. I might request going to text ball. There you go. Can I do the K and K show from text ball? Yeah, you could. <laughs> Trying the technology. That's it. Have the technology. We got to figure it out. We got to get. But you we'll on figure the it out. We'll try to make you know. We'll try to make it work where we can uh, you know find a day where we can do a, uh, you know a game or two and uh, uh, break them down. Sure, that would be fun. And coach, can you just do me one more favor? Can you just maybe you might have to have a one-on-one meeting with Beelan and teach him, just teach him, run. He keeps saying, throw it 60 times. Throw, and he, he's watching these playoff games, run the ball, play defense, the team's advance, advance, advance. Can you talk to Beelan about it? Because he still doesn't get it. He's telling me the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, they're going to throw it all over the Rams. Like, 
They did. They they threw it to the opposite team. The opposite <laughs> team. Yeah. Cowboys ran the ball what, 13 times and they scored 17 points. Sis is even saying, please talk to Beelan because, you know, the Cincinnati was going to beat Alabama. He said they got to throw it 45 times. So, you know, and they you need uh, to be balanced. Yeah. You need we, to be balanced. Yeah. Please tell Beelan because we're going to get Beelan tomorrow night, coach. We'll get Beelan. You're gonna, you know what? Tell him, listen, you know what? It's very easy. If you're going to throw the ball a hundred times and I don't have to worry about the run, it's not that difficult to defend. That's it. He doesn't get it. Thank you, coach. <laughs> Thank you again. Have a good night, guys. Thanks All right, again. Thank you, coach. All righty. Bye-bye. There he is. The best. The one and only coach Breslin. Kenny's saying he's got teams for us for this Florida reel. So shoot them over, Mr. Kirkpatrick. Dr. John saying, don't forget tomorrow, SFC schedules come out tomorrow. Oh, that's right. He did alert us to that. We'll have to get a... Uh, All right, so here's Kenny's teams. Okay. So what are we doing? How does this work? It's the same one. Which one's going to be fraud? So, Oh, but there's... He's giving us five, and we have to pick the one fraud? The one fraud. Okay. Is he... Okay. Martha, Martha's Vineyard Vineyarders, Massachusetts. Burlington Syrup Makers... I guess that's Vermont. Vermont, yeah. Okay. What is that? The Stuyvesant Peg Legs in New York. Dr. John, real quick. SFC will announce their man in the year tomorrow at 10 a.m. at MetLife uh. Irvington's. Zaheem Crawford is one of the eight finalists for the award. Streaming on the football conference. Ooh. Oh, very cool. Thank you. Good luck. Hope he gets it. Yeah. The Sturgis Scoopers. South Dakota. And we're waiting on one more, right? I believe so. The Sheely Russets, Russets from, from Idaho. All right, I got mine. Are those Who the I four, Mr. Kirkpatrick? Those are the four. I'm going to go with the Burlington Syrup Makers. So am I. the fraud. I'm going with the fraud, too, the Syrup Makers. Oh, it's the Shelly Russets. I'm going with the... The, the Syrup Makers. Syrup Makers. Vermont. And the real fraud team and is... And the fraud is, as Evan roll. Fournier just hits a three. That's, that's five. five yep. We're both taking the syrup makers. <laughs> this, the delay is tough on this. He's got to text him to you. I guess you'd still be delayed. Let's see if we are right. You are both, both correct. correct. It's, it's the, the syrup, syrup makers. makers. There you go. Oh, so it would be the Cairo syrup, syrup makers. makers. Okay. Right, good. Thank you, Kenny, for another. Thank you, Mr. Kirkpatrick. We'll both fraud. put that in. He can both put us down for a victory. Yep. Um, that is it for tonight. Thank you again to Coach Breslin. We had some topics. We still didn't hit about four topics. We'll hit that again on another week. But it was a good show. Yep, very good. Thank good you show. to him for joining us. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Have a great week. See you next week.